Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to I Want You to Watch This. If you are listening right now, you should go ahead and click that subscribe button, that follow button, whatever it is on your platform that you listen to podcasts on. Just go ahead and subscribe to us. Leave us a review if you're on iTunes or if your podcatcher does have a rate and review feature. Please feel free to leave us a review. We would love to hear what you have to say. And if you have any movie suggestions, you can always send us those too over on our Twitter at IWYTWT. All right, let's get ready for the show. Yeah, that uh, 90 minute meat cute was pretty entertaining. <laughs> if by entertaining you mean interminable it, it was, it, it, like I feel like I'm still trapped inside watching that movie <laughs> we're all watching it even now <laughs> yeah. it's like a time paradox we're all just stuck watching what was it Harry and Meghan Harry and Meghan a, life, royal yeah, a royal engagement like the lifetime movie version of uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle <sighs> yeah, I mean, I hope those crazy kids make it. That's yeah. The entire time I was watching it, I was like, "Are they gonna? Are they gonna make it? Are they gonna get married? Are they?" Like, gonna yeah, what's yeah. gonna happen yeah. with yeah. this relationship? Yeah, it was just weird. I mean, I am just glad because we know now that that is the relationship that has fixed all of the world's ills. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it solved racism, didn't it? I mean, well, I mean, I feel like if anything, it solved like. Uh, you know, discrimination against gingers because that was <laughs> yeah, given that's an that's equal just equally, amount of precedent. It's, it's, it's as big a problem. Like the, the discrimination against gingers in the UK is as big of a problem as racism is in America. Yeah. Oh, like, but we did also find out that Prince Harry is part black, so we got that little bit of information. So not only is he ginger, he's also part black, and you know, it's just it's got to be really, really hard. You know, uh, I, I'm just I'm so glad he has all of that wealth and. They really uh, you, you know, it, yeah, it's, yeah. if I were a taxpayer in the UK, I would just be so glad that my money is going to support this family. Yeah, I mean, and, they really need it. Like they, yeah, they. they it, uh, times have been tough for them, so I just yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they. I'm glad that they made it. <laughs> uh, speaking of absurd things uh, <laughs> and British things, <laughs> yeah, and Brit- yeah, absurd British things. There we go. <laughs> uh, we watched the Life of Brian. Uh, Colin brought us this movie. It's a Monty Python classic. I will let him take it away on that. In, uh, in the like kind of non-spoiler, I think uh, we can we we can go ahead yeah, and spoil this one. It came out in 1979. Yeah. And, yeah, and also, I mean, what would there really be to spoil? Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah it, it's a Monty Python film, <laughs> yeah. so like what plot there is. Yeah, the series of like bits strung together yeah. over like this That's a great way of describing it. It's, it's a series of sketches like tied together with a loose narrative thread. Loose. But uh, but it's it's mostly just a thing like a Monty Python like taking aim at the church. Like yeah. taking aim at Christianity specifically but religion kind of as a whole. Yep. Um, so Brian is just this guy growing up on the streets of Judea and he is joining up with this group one of the many 
groups organizing to fight the Romans, the, the People's Front of Judea, which is not the Judean People's Front, which is not the popular front of the People's Front of Judea. Um, I, and I also, I really just love a lot of, like, straight white British guys, like, harping on the colonial aspects of the Roman Empire. British. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, British people, like, complaining about colonialism yeah. is kind of hilarious. Um, but he joins up with this resistance faction, and as a part of this, he kind of ends up stumbling his way into becoming a religious icon of people are, like, following him around thinking he's the messiah, and everything is always being misinterpreted, and he gets captured by the Romans and freed and captured again, and he gets crucified, and it's all... Just a, a series of sketches, which we really should take like piece by piece yes. and talk about like how each different piece is like commenting on religion and society and all this stuff. But it's just this really brilliant film. It, it's kind of uh, their follow up to Holy Grail. And while Holy Grail is still my favorite Monty Python movie, I, I think this one is objectively a better film. Like, this one is more focused. This one it ties together better. This one is more pointed. But, like, Holy Grail is, is so iconic. It's, yes. it's, it's pure it's, absurdism. It's pure <laughs> absurdism. And there's also this, like, punk rock element to Holy Grail because they made it on this shoestring budget. And, and they couldn't afford horses? They had so, yeah, that's where, that's where the coconuts <laughs> came from, was that they couldn't afford the horses. Um, but this one, they had a real budget. And the only reason they had a real budget, because there was so much pushback... Um, from the studio is that George Harrison of the Beatles financed this money out of movie out of his own pocket to the tune of four million dollars. Thank you, George Harrison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I could the, the effects like were very indicative of that. You know that perfectly rendered donkey. <laughs> <laughs> the, the super just obviously a donkey. whack a stuffed piece of wax donkey that the lady is carrying on her back. Um, so the movie opens with like the three wise men coming like right out of the Bible, and we do have a little bit of blackface. It's uh, 1979, yep. and it's England, but still. Yeah, no, that that movie like uh, it started in the hole for me. So it was kind of like, the the rest of this movie was kind of digging its way out for me. After, after that, yeah. yeah, and I knew that like because I watched it like when I watched it like a couple weeks ago because it came on Netflix. It's like oh, I haven't watched this in forever, and I didn't know. It's like. Oh, oh! I did not notice that when I was a teenager. <laughs> but but I, I knew that it was going to have to dig its way out from that. But I'm I'm confident that it had the ability to do so. Um, but they start with the nativity. These the three wise men come in and they go to the wrong hut. They like go to and they find this they woman. Find Brian. <laughs> yeah, they find Brian and his mom, and she's like trying to get them out of there. She's like, who are these weirdos? Until they're like, oh, we brought gifts. She's just like, oh, why didn't you say so? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, so, and I did actually write down. It's a bomb. What are you giving him a bomb for? He's a baby. Um, but the, then, when they find out that the actual Messiah is in like the next barn over, they come back and they take the gifts back. But before they leave, she's pushing them out the door and she's saying, yeah, "Maybe don't bother so much with the myrrh next time." <laughs> So, like, we open with a joke about the nativity that, like, the three wise men go to the wrong place and then they go and they find Jesus. And then we go into these opening title sequences that has this big, brassy, like, Shirley Bassey-esque, like, like a early Bond, Bond film, movie, yes. like, opening title song. Yes. 
Which, and, and this brings me to some of the things with the music in this movie, because not only that song, but then when they are breaking into the palace to try and kidnap Pilot's wife, there is a music cue that is almost identical to one that's in Dr. No. So this morning I was looking at, like, is this a John Barry score? And it's not. <laughs> but, but they got real close. But they got real close to it being like a John Barry score. Yep, and so we have the animated title sequence, like most Python stuff, done by Terry Gilliam, who would yep. go on to direct 12 Monkeys, Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Brazil. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've seen any of those movies. Oh, I think you would like some. We, we will definitely be yes. doing uh, Baron von Munchausen because Dennis loves that movie and he wants to come on to talk about that. Yes, I had you I seen this before? No, I haven't. I haven't seen this Colin before. I have clearly seen this many times <laughs> yes. before. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't love it. I think it's one of those things where maybe it's like the age. There's a, definitely a lot of like things that are dated about this. Oh, <laughs> for sure. In terms of like the human. And so it's kind of like, yeah, putting on even like that, like, you know, 1979 lens. Uh, I mean, again. The blackface one thing just like even then like still like we knew what was up everyone knew what was up <laughs> um but outside of that like even some of the jokes like i kind of got like a chuckle like i wasn't like rolling i wasn't raffling you know mm-hmm. um but i don't know i just enjoyed it i didn't think it was like revolutionary but again for 1979 i can see why this movie would have been like a scathing, like, yeah, and indictment, yes. indictment of the church, like, <laughs> in, in to the point where it was banned in several countries, like, it, some like towns and stuff, it was banned until like 2015. Um, it, but it's also kind of what struck me watching it recently was not only like how ahead of its time it was in terms of its indictment of the church, but it, like, they start talking about like trans rights in this movie. And, like, it's kind of played as a joke, but, like, the way that they are really of accepting of it, that, like, Stan wants to be Loretta, and then they're like, well, we will fight for your right to have babies, even though you can't have babies. And then they even do alter their pronouns throughout the rest of the film. They start calling him Loretta, and they, like, start calling him sister instead of brother, and they start using her pronouns. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was, again, like, definitely, I feel like, ahead of its time in terms of... Yeah, 1979. But then also, <laughs> but in those exact same scenes, they keep grumbling about, oh, the feminists keep talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a wonderful counterpoint to that, right? Yeah. Like, they know what they're doing. Well, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, yeah, it's like now that like Loretta is Loretta, they're like, oh, well, oh, well. We now don't we got to hear about this feminist agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Lumberjack song is also kind of verging into talking about trans rights. Like there's a, uh, a, a Lumberjack song not in this movie, um, kind of hinting at, at kind of more different ways of thinking about sexual politics. Yeah, yeah. And I feel, time. and I feel like again, this is like the type of I don't know. I've never really been too much into like Monty Python. Like I've seen like the Holy Grail. I don't really remember it all that well. Um, what's the other one? The other big one. Um, Meaning of life. Meaning of life, or yeah. and now for something completely different. Yeah, no, I've seen. I saw like Meaning of Life like in college, and I don't know. I just I. 
I, don't know, I, li- I like I like a lot of like British things. I like British like television. Mo- most of it's like modern, but you know I like uh, what was it like uh, black black adder black, black adder. No oh. black books. Black uh, uh, bu- uh, blacks books. It's a the show about the the library. Or like he has a bookstore. bookstore uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like I've seen like I think like a season of that on Netflix, and I like enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. I just think maybe it's just like the type of humor is. Uh, it's, it's too silly or too like absurdist or yeah I don't know it's just kind of like not my taste yeah well, also <laughs> like I while I was rewatching this because I haven't seen this since probably I was a kid like in elementary school is that I have full nostalgia glasses for oh I 100% do too right? <laughs> like this one and Grail just Monty Python in general I have huge nostalgia glasses so it's yeah like yeah. for me it was that like they used to show uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus at midnight on MTV when I was a kid, from midnight to 1 a.m. And so on the weekends, my dad would let me sneak down and watch it with him, right? So it was this whole thing that I got to do with my dad, and we would laugh and have a good time together. So, like, it, it was very – this time watching it through, I was trying to, like, take off some of those rosy glasses a little bit. I was like, yeah, this doesn't hold up all that well as a whole movie, <laughs> right? That Holy right. Grail doesn't even try to hold together as a movie, so yeah. I kind of prefer that, yeah. But I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, um, one of the first things we do, like, after we come out of the titles is, like, the first part where we're starting to really dig into Christianity is, like, we see the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is, like, giving his thing. And all our characters are, like, way far in the background and they can't really hear. And so there's this game of telephone going on. Yeah. Where there's, like, what is it? He said, blessed are the cheesemakers. And they're, like, oh, and the, what's the... And the Greeks shall the, Blessed are the Greeks. The Why the is the Greeks? You're, like, oh, blessed are the meek. Oh, oh, I'm so glad. They've had a hell of a time. Like, and... What I love about this scene is it's like demonstrating this game of telephone, and that's really what's been happening with religion, with Christianity. Oh, yeah. it's like these texts that were like written in these dead languages and then translated hundreds of years later and then retranslated again by monarchs based on their whims. Yes. And, and like people today are still holding this as like such a this is, this is yeah, everything. As if, like, yeah, as if like, you know, God himself just like yesterday like, yes. <laughs> yeah. sit down Moses from the mount, you know, from Mount Sinai, like with the tent with the tablets, you know? It's it's just like uh yeah, there's been a lot of translation, there's been a lot of deliberate uh like edit, yeah, editing and censoring. <laughs> yeah, so we begin the movie with the wise men being not so wise, right? And yeah, yeah exactly. Are immediately at, at the mount being misinterpreted, right? So that's <laughs> setting the tone for the movie. And, and that's coming into another thing is like a lot of people like when they criticize this movie as being sacrilegious or is like this movie isn't mocking faith as much as this movie is mocking dogma. Yes. Yeah. And re- kind of religious institutions as, yeah. opposed, as an institution as opposed to the faith. And, and when they were making it, they originally wanted to do more jokes about Jesus. And they, when they were looking at the Bible, they are like, no, I mean, all the stuff that Jesus said, like, was good. There's no, no comedy to be found <laughs> yeah. in the actual like, stuff from Jesus. And, like, like, don't be a dick. <laughs> where, where the comedy <laughs> is... Where the company is is in people's interpretation and people's misinterpretation and how they say they claim to inherit what Jesus said, but they actually inherit like the exact opposite or they actually misinterpret so much stuff. So like the next scene we go to is the stoning where they're going to stone a guy because he's a blasphemer. He uttered the word Jehovah. 
and <laughs> everyone like a bunch of other people get stoned because they get tricked into saying Jehovah in all these ways. Not even like tricked, just like they just yeah, like, like accidentally like just out of circumstance of trying to maintain the situation. Like even if he did say Jehovah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, like, as kids, like, all of my female friends and I would reenact that scene a lot, because it'd be like, are there any women here? <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, because women aren't allowed to go to the stonings, but it's only women at the stonings, and it's women wearing, like, false beards. Like, it's, it's who, male comedians. Yes, and that's yeah. the other lady. It's, it's men playing women playing men <laughs> at the stoning. <laughs> and they're like, who threw that? Shader, shader, shader. And, of course, the like, the guy who's running this is John Cleese because he's got that brilliant, just um, aloof, like, are there any women here today? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. John Cleese. Uh, that was a... I did enjoy that scene. That was one of the funnier scenes. That one, and then I really liked the... Uh, the Latin lesson one. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Brian is recruited by the the People's Front of Judea, and when he first goes, "Are you the Judean People's Front?" They're like, "Fuck off, <laughs> the Judean People's Front. We hate them. They're we're the People's Front of Judea." And even with these resistance groups, we see the same parallel that we see within Christianity. There's these minor little differences between being like of one denomination or another but because of these tiny little differences we hate those people and they're not like yeah (laughs) like they're they're heretics they're wrong because their idea their beliefs in this same thing aren't exactly like mine um but he goes to them that their first task is to go and write romans go home and he's writing a very small one thing he gets captured by a centurion who's like then like takes him by the ear and is giving him a grammar Latin lesson, making him correct all the which one of the things I thought of was like, how well does this hold up now in that grammar or Latin isn't taught in no. schools anymore? Uh, I mean I took a year of Latin, which I did miserably in and don't remember any of. But <laughs> yeah. like yeah, there's so many tenses and conjugations. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I love the thing because he's like, well, this is in the imperative clause, and all this, that modifies it to this way, and then he's like, Roman, Bobbida, how many Romans? <laughs> it's like the imperative, and then like the blue perfect, and like. <laughs> and then he gets ordered to drop it. To, to do it a hundred times. times. <laughs> like in a British school, how you would have to write it out a hundred times correctly, and so the entire, so wall the entire square is covered with Romans go home, and right when he finishes, a different pair of Roman soldiers walk by and they see that he's written Romans go home a hundred times in like giant block letters all over the square and he gets chased around. Um. Yeah, there's something very funny about like the, all of the, uh, what, what is it again? The people's... Uh, the, the, all the people... People's Front of Judea yes. is the one the that he's PFJ. in. The PFJ. But then there's, they're talking about all these different ones, and then there's one which is the Popular Front, yeah. which is just one guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they look over and they go, Splitter! 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 But I love in the scene where they're like, Romans, go home. We have to send the Romans home. What have the Romans given us anyway? They're like, well, a- aqueducts. Yeah, and they're like, okay, well, we the and, and sanitation and, and public roads. health. and Well, obviously Irrigation. the roads. The roads go without saying. Irrigation, medicine, education, wine. Yeah. <laughs> and that comes back at the very end when they're like saying, like, this is against the Romans. 
aside from those involved with aqueducts, irrigation, roads, public health, medicine, like all the things that Rome did do when they colonized all these places. Okay. So, but it is funny to have a group of British men sitting around a table talking about, you know, being oppressed <laughs> and the, hating to have a colonizer. <laughs> oh, and then it's also like, well, yeah, look at all the, these good, all the good things, things that the colonizers, the colonizers did. Do. Exactly. <laughs> look at all the good things. We bring sanitation. <laughs> we bring, yeah, like, we bring yeah. civilization to your... Ethnic sanitation. Yes, exactly. Just like... <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, fun times. Uh, <laughs> there's one part where they are chased by a, an ex-leper like they're oh, trying yes. to get arm, alms for the that lepers. That definitely came out of like um, the Sully Walk. Um, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I know that sketch. A, a poor ex leper, and he chases them around. But then my the button on that, which is I think the what pays off that entire sketch, is when Brian says, "There's just he gives him a little bit of money." The guy complains about what money he gets, and he goes, "There's just no pleasing some people." And, he, and the guy goes, "That's just what Jesus said, sir." <laughs> <laughs> Brian is kind of falls off the top of the building and then is scooped up by a spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> I always forget about that yes, part. Me too. <laughs> and, and to me, that's it's the part so where, it, where it loses me a little bit. Ah, see, for me, it's like, just lean into that. I want more of that in this. Yeah. But, <laughs> just go like full like hitchhikers guy. Well, like, like that would fit to me. That that's a part that would fit better in Holy Grail or now for something yes, completely yes. different or like in a, a different Python film. Because this one, while it still has like such a very, very, very loose narrative structure, it's trying to hold together better stay than in the other same world, yeah it's trying to yeah. stay within the same world and this one like that moment takes me out of it a little bit that's why i like it <laughs> <laughs> but i but it does it's meant to right it's now for yeah. something completely different but only for a few minutes that never is addressed again or explained or come back <laughs> yeah it's like we're gonna all right we're gonna take like 45 seconds and drop you into a completely different monty python movie yeah. and, and then what, he says something as he was going well that was that was <laughs> no, he, he crashes and he gets out, and then just like the guy standing on the street just goes, You lucky bastard! <laughs> <laughs> Which is echoing back to a previous scene where Brian is thrown into prison, and there's a guy hanging from the wall who's like, You lucky bastard! Oh, what I wouldn't dream of to be spat at in the face! <laughs> <laughs> to just have manacles! <laughs> and like, Oh, crucifixion's the best thing the Romans have ever done for us! Uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> what else? What else is happening in this movie? Uh... Well, like one bit that doesn't hold up really well for me is the um, biggest dickus. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was thinking about that. Yes. <laughs> Where like the whole joke is that Pontius Pilate has this speech impediment where he like can't really pronounce his R's and all this stuff, but but. Brian is told by his mother that there's a scene where Brian, Brian's mom is come like saying that he's always obsessed with sex and thinking about sex, and then she she, she sends him off to clean his room and she goes to give a blowjob to a centurion, <laughs> um, but she says that he's actually a Roman that his father was a like Roman in some group and his name was Naughtiest Maximus <laughs> and so when Brian gives that name to try and get out of being arrested like he's like it's a joke name sir like uh, or Biggest Dickus like I have a great friend in Rome named Biggest Dickus and everyone starts laughing and like they have to hold in their laughs because it's Pontius Pilate and like they'll be executed if they laugh at his friend's name 
And when I was a kid, I thought this bit was hilarious. Oh, exactly. This is the, the, like, this is the joke is made for, like, 13-year-olds. Yeah, boys. yeah. So when I was 13, I thought this was the funniest bit in the world. Watching it this time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, okay. It's <laughs> funny, because, like, a couple weeks ago, uh, John Cleese was actually talking about, like, you know, women comedians and how, like, all they talk about is, like, being fat in their vaginas. And I'm like, you... I just watched. I just yeah, watched right? this thing where <laughs> like biggest dickest was like said how many times in like a minute space like mm, pot kettle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would ever actually want to meet John Cleese. Yeah, I mean, apparently it was because uh, uh, he was upset because he like he said something to Netflix and they didn't want it and so. Yeah, it's like one of those things where, you know... There, there was, I mean, one thing that John Cleese said recently that I really liked um, was that he was um, talking about how people will call people like... Particularly the right-wing people will use the term snowflake as a derogatory thing. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I can't really remember what he said, but it was something along the lines of this is just phraseology used to, like, dem- like to by kind of fascist people to, like... Um, what was to like denigrate like the comp like the ah to like well, invalidate uh, like someone to invalidate like the concept of empathy yes okay yeah. yes yeah, yeah. And, like and, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote from the movie here where uh, Brian says you don't need to follow anyone just think for yourself yes right well, and I feel like that's the thing too is um, the power of saying less is like I feel like one of the things because when Brian is. Uh, he like is trying to hide from the Roman guard that's like coming to the hideout, and he like falls down, knocks over this guy who's like proselytizing on like the side of the road. Yeah, but the guy and who then, like he's not saying anything. He's like the people and many things will be lost that someone put there just yesterday, and, he, <laughs> <laughs> and sons will be given things from their fathers that they they can't really know what it means. And there's like one guy sitting there listening to him proselytize, trying to understand what he's saying. Yeah, but then like when he he's like starts he starts trying to like say you know give like these like really like weird uh you know like confucius type fortune yeah, cookie he's like consider uh, the lily and then the people are like what have you got against the flowers yeah <laughs> and then like, like he finally like catches people like when he stops talking is like yes. when, yeah, exactly <laughs> it's like everyone like wants to know more and he's like i don't have anything else like, yeah. Yeah. And, and this leads into the best part of the whole film is that he's he stops talking, and so now people are really intrigued by him, and so they're like, to them only should we give should we give him what should we give him what? And everyone is falling, and he has this gourd that he got from this dumb haggling scene that is one of these bits that's not funny, um, but he's carrying on this gourd and he like hands it off to somebody, and then people start finding all this symbology and these things in that, the, gourd, the symbolism that, like this is yeah. his gourd we must follow the gourd and like as he's running away from this crowd he loses a sandal and he's gonna pick it up and he's like no I don't have time just keeps running and then they put a sign it is his sandal this is a sign that we all must remove a shoe likewise and someone else is like no this is a sign that we must gather shoes together in abundance <laughs> and the other one is like forget the sandals follow Oh, the gourd! <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. That scene to me holds together the best as an adult. Yeah. It really skewers 
interpretation. Exactly. That is the scene which is yeah. like the greatest commentary on religion. It's it's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. I also like that line where he's like, ah, fuck off, and they're like, in unison, they're like, how should we how fuck shall off? we fuck off the Lord? But they follow him to this the top of this mountain, and he finds this man who's been holding a vow of silence, and the guy. Like he steps on his foot, so the guy breaks his vow of silence and everything. But then the people are like, "Give us a sign!" And the he has given us a sign. He brought us to this place. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, no, no, you just followed me. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. And then he's like, "Your people are hungry. They have not eaten." And he's like, "Well, what about those juniper bushes over there?" And like, a miracle! He made <laughs> juniper bushes. Like, no, they they were just there. I just pointed at them. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that that really gets to the heart of what they're trying to do politically and religiously. Like, that scene on its own really stands up. Yeah, yeah well, you know what I feel like this movie would have improved by is commercial breaks. Feels <laughs> <laughs> like, like, these, like, are all, again, these, like, strung together bits yes. feel like they would be better as, like, a, a sketch comedy show. Like, like, like or, the science Like, circus. sure, like, yeah, where we can have, like, an overarching theme, but, like, a little bit more broken up and speaking of breaking up we're gonna take, take a, break a break now yeah. and we're back you see how that how nice that was how refreshing oh you could Just, go go to the bathroom yeah get some you know? water yeah take a it's, shot it's whatever. nice exactly. <laughs> 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 For some reason, your your like take a shot just made me think of like this turning into like a, a Don DeMillo sketch from Company Bang Bang or something. Yeah, you could uh, go out and look at the girls, maybe maybe do a quick <laughs> shot of heroin. <laughs> That's uh, a Company Bang Bang. <laughs> oh, okay. Such a great show. It's it gets really weird though. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Like this. This movie gets really weird. Uh, well, we uh. Come back from all these people following him, and like the next morning, Brian and Judith have like had sex, and like, but he opens the window. We see Graham Chapman's dick, um, <laughs> and there full are like, nudity. yeah, full male nudity. Yep. Um, which, by the way, on the parents' guide on IMDb for like nudity and sexuality, this movie is listed as moderate. It's like full frontal, both male and female. There's like, full, frontal, full frontal, both nudity. male yeah. and female nudity. <laughs> Like, you see Graham Chapman's penis, um, the woman who plays Judith, like, you see what I think is a merkin <laughs> upon watching this as through adult eyes. All right, there's at least You don't really out. see her. Yeah. You don't really see her breasts because her hair is, like, covering them, but. She has giant bush. But there's she a giant bush that, giant. like, I don't know if it's because it's 1979, but to my eyes, it it was just a merkin. But, I, that's one of my favorite moments is when, um, uh, uh Terry Jones, the director who plays Brian's mom, is just staring at the bush. She like, like, just won't look away. <laughs> that to me is actually what makes it funny is that she has this giant bush, but it's and the she's mom just like, just like speechless <laughs> staring at it. <laughs> he opens the, the window and there's thousands of people gathered to see the Messiah and his mom's like, he's not the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy! <laughs> and, and when Brian's talking to him, it's exactly what you're telling me. It's like, I'm not the Messiah. Like, you're all special. And on mass, like, we're all special. Yeah, we're all different. <laughs> we're all different. And one guy, go, <laughs> one guy goes, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you all have to figure it out for yourselves. And, 
and after this, Judith comes back. She's like, you're absolutely right, Brian. Dredge has been versing us for so long. The revolution is in your hands. And he's like, no. <laughs> you totally missed my point. Weird. It's, I, I can't think of like, missing the point. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other scenes are there? Where do we go to next in this movie, Colin? Oh, okay, so... Uh, so we go with the crucifixion. Yeah, yeah, we can go like kind of straight. There. We can skip to that well, because there's. I, well, I want to talk about the anti-imperialist groups for a second because yes. again, watching this as a as an adult and not as a you know eleven and a half year old, that the watching that group function, I was like, oh my god, how many work meetings have I been in that are like this? Yes, oh where, god, where yeah. they're like they have to go through all the protocol and everything. Like, well, let's stop talking about it and actually do it. Okay, we're going to take a referendum on actually doing something. Yeah. Yeah, like, do I have a second day, on it? Like, someone in that crowd definitely would have said, like, despite the like time period that this movie is based in, someone definitely would have been like, this could have been an email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, this actually ties in brilliantly to getting to getting to the crucifixion because when Brian is being taken away to get crucified. Crucified. Judith runs to them and is like, we have to take action. We have to go stop them from nailing Brian up. And it's like, okay, totally new motion. Like, we're going <laughs> to do a new referendum on this thing. We're all going to, this requires immediate discussion. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, there's a difference between symbolic struggle and repression, against repression and action. It's time to take action. And they're like, we will discuss taking action. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, that's my whole academic career. Oh, yeah, bureaucracy. I don't know, in Office Space, I don't know if you remember this, but in the scene where he's having to, um, you know, uh, re justify his job existing on yeah. the whiteboard behind it is this giant flowchart that someone has driven, uh, written in, and it just says across the top, planning to plan. <laughs> <laughs> I have spent like half of my career in meetings where it's like planning to plan. Like, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> this could have been an email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we get to where Brian is being taken to be crucified, and there's this. We can skip over the jailer and the, the whole yeah. thing with the stutter and like a bunch of these bits that like don't really hold up. Like there's one where the guy who with his stutter and like two people who have these different speech defects and like once everyone else is gone, they go back to speaking normally. Like yeah, the, the, affecting the, it, the, the affect like that's a funny punchline, but the setup is way too long. Yeah. Um, well, and then like the uh, what was it the other one where they're like talking about who to release and that's just, yeah like, yeah or they're making fun of like, well, they're the just doing the speech, speech defects. So it's like, like well they're like trying to get him to say all these names with R's in them and then Biggest Dickus is actually there but Biggest Dickus has a lisp and so they're doing all these S names and all these S words like these are bits that like yeah when I was a kid I thought these were funny these don't hold up as well but they're also kind of vaguely anti-gay right yeah it's like they're two lisping stereotypes of gay men and as Roman I, I don't know it, it just doesn't hold up right. yeah I was like well because like there's like that whole thing with um where there was like some criticism against uh, Lupita Nyong'o and us for her speech patterns mm -hmm. and that from uh, you know one of the I can't remember the specific organization but they like you know work with like people that actually suffer from like the spasmatic oh what is it called uh, spasmodic dysphoria I think is was like one of the references that she pulled from for the voice oh. and you know there was like some criticism on that and. Um, this is like one where it's like that was actually like well thought out like there was like, and it was like she came back she like you know gave like a very like sincere and like heartfelt you know apology to you know anyone that you know was affected by that and 
also explained that she pulled from a, a number of different resources mm-hmm. for this very specific reason and in a way that she thought it through very carefully wanted to give it care and not make it just be like this yeah, yeah this like joke thing where it's like this was like the only joke of it was like haha this person like can't talk right like that's it that's, yeah. the, that's the entire thing and it's kind of like yeah again like when you're 13 years old that yeah, when you're 13 it's you're really like, funny yeah and, and, but like but now from a, a modern adult perspective it's like yeah this bit like doesn't really work but like again going back to like how strong a lot of these religious bits are like the stuff yes. about the yeah. people following yes. him the stuff about like misinterpreting the sermon on the mound and stuff yeah. all that stuff and, and, is and, so good and there's one other joke in the anti-imperialist group that i wanted to like pull out because to me it was like just spot on where they're like you know they're trying to liberate people and they're starting the meeting or somewhere in the meeting they go like okay well our goal is world domination in five years <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like, how to, well that means that we have to dismantle the entire roman system within the next 12 months <laughs> and it's like right so people's liberation is you dominating yeah we yeah we want exactly we want like, to liberation means that we're actually yeah. in charge yes. like, <laughs> So we can tell people how free they are. Exactly. <laughs> so, and tell them how to be free. Yeah. <laughs> One bit that I do think is funny is the guy like leading the crucifixion. He's like, uh, crucifixion? Good. Uh, right to this door, but line on the left, one cross each. <laughs> like, like, so polite, so British. It's like a major so, And then Michael Palin, who's like playing this the same character throughout, who's like this kind of joker guy, who's like, "Oh, I'm just pulling your leg." He comes in, he's like, "Crucifixion? No, uh, freedom for me." Like, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, they just said I could go on my way," and like, and he's like, "Oh, well, off you go." He's like, "No, I was just joking. It's crucifixion, really." <laughs> yeah, and then like when he's actually on the cross, and they like come looking for Brian since he's been freed. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah, which one of you is Brian?" He's like, "Oh, I'm Brian. I'm Brian." And then like after they like pull him down from the cross, he's like, "I was just kidding. I'm not I'm actually not, Brian." I'm not actually <laughs> Brian. But, but that uh, I'm Brian thing leads to a, an I'm Spartacus joke. Because yeah. he's like, which one of you is Brian? And everyone there is like, I'm Brian, I'm Brian. Which is a reference to I'm Spartacus, which is the opposite. Yes. Where the centurions are coming and like, we will spare your lives. You won't all be crucified as long as you say, which one of you is Spartacus? And all of them are standing up. I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. Yep, and here it's, I'm Brian, and my wife is too. <laughs> I'm Brian, and so is my wife. And that's the same guy who, like, right earlier when this guy is... The first person is crucified. He's like, I'm a Samaritan. Like, a Samaritan? This is supposed to be a purely Jewish section. We don't want anyone crucified here who isn't Jewish. (laughs) Yeah. Again, finding religious differences even as everyone's being tortured to death. (laughs) Yeah, and the way that the the Roman guard deals with this situation is like, okay, anyone who doesn't want to be crucified here, raise their hand. And everyone is like, Uh, and this is still like really dark i mean even though you there's ropes tied around their arms when you look closely there are like spikes through their hands like there's no blood because it's still a comedy and it's still like pg-13 but it's this isn't the passion of the christ i was gonna say there's no actually it's 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 1979 so there is no pg-13 so it's pg um but god when did that movie come out when, are they supposed to be doing a sequel? I just the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, I know. What possible mm-hmm. sequel could there be to Passion? You'd have to ask Mel Gibson. Yeah. Uh, and I really <laughs> have. They're I still really letting want, him do things. I want to have so. nothing to do with <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson. Still get money. I, I've had nothing to do with Mel Gibson for a good ten years, <laughs> and I'd love to keep it that way. 
remember when it came out that it was like it got all these like maybe pre-ticket sales or like this really big blocks of uh, you know groups were oh churches just ch- like yeah churches and blocks and certain aspects of the BDSM community were buying oh tickets God. and blocks right? <laughs> like, it was like wow I want to be in the audience where it's half and half yeah <laughs> oh no like my I definitely was like required to watch that movie growing up. Oh, I'm I mean, so it was sorry. like, you know, one of those things where it's like, yep, I was very much like in church yep. and, you know. Yep. Yeah, so that was one of the movies that I was like, I, I don't, when did that movie even come out? I don't know. The early 2000s. 2004, 2005. I want to say somewhere around 2004. Maybe like 14 or 15 or whatever. The movie was rated R, but I was was like, no, we're going to see this. I was just like, oh God, (laughs) this is so uncomfortable. There's so much blood. (laughs) Yeah, a movie with crucifixion. Brian is crucified. Um, Well done, well done, done. Uh, (laughs) Brian's crucified and then. Uh, Michael Palin is like, oh, somebody coming to rescue you. Usually my brother comes to rescue me. And then the People's <laughs> Friends of Judea come and they're like, Brian, we come to honor, we are not the rescue committee, <laughs> um, but we are coming to honor you for your martyrdom and thanking you for your service. And then they're like walking and he's like, you bastards, why did you just cut me down? And then they turn around and they like take a quick vote and then they sing, one chorus of he's a jolly good fellow <laughs> and somebody's like it starts to do another one and like no no we only he only gets one chorus of he's a jolly good fellow and then the judean people's front who have been like teased through this whole thing show up and they just kill themselves yes and just, suicide. <laughs> yeah, the, the judean people's front crack suicide squad yes. who show up like to, as a symbolistic gesture they like all kill themselves then Judith shows up and she's like, I'm so proud of what you're doing, Brian. So like everyone abandons him. Everyone like at the end just is like, oh yeah, it's so great that you're doing this. And then his mom shows up like, yeah, go ahead, be crucified. See if I care. <laughs> so it, everyone's it's, only invested in their own self-interest so and it, things that they care about. It, yeah, yeah, it's ending on this incredibly dark, like sad, like a, everyone is abandoning him. It's like this horrible darkness. And then the last thing that happens is that, once again, Michael Palin is a different person on the cross next to him. was like, oh, it's not that bad. And he starts singing always. Oh, it's Eric Idle. Yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's Eric Idle next to him. is like, um, starts singing always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> and so it leaves you with this whole, like, uh, in an episode of the canon, which we'll get to when we get into my recommendation section, they talk, uh, they refer to it as like, Optimistic nihilism. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot of uh, what Dennis was talking about last time with Slow West of like, a lot of this is like so meaningless and so we should take like the life that we have and the time that we have and make the most of it while we can. With yeah. this whole thing, and this song that pushes it full into religious farce, which like yeah, because a, we're what pan- other religious farces have you ever seen? Yeah, <laughs> right? like yeah we're we're panning out and we're seeing all these crosses on the hill, and everyone's just saying, "Always look on the bright side of life." As <laughs> <laughs> everyone is crucified, and. Like, there's even this little commentary that he's doing through the thing. It's like, oh, you come from nothing? You're going back to nothing. What have you lost? Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> oh, you see? Here it is. It's the end of the film. And then we're going back to, like, Monty Python silliness. Incidentally, this record is available in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> you should really buy it. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember uh, we, I had the Monty Python 6 tape cassette. And I, I, I think the so did I. It, right? yeah. so, but I have friends who are, whose, family, whose parents were, like, deeply, profoundly religious. And they didn't know that this was songs uh, from the life of Brian, and so we would play it, and we would get to away with playing it because they they didn't read it as farce or satire. Yeah, yeah they, they, they thought it's just this song. They thought it's just this song about be positive and be happy, and like you, when everything is bad, just whistle a happy tune exactly. and just yeah. Because they didn't listen that closely because they didn't hear when life life's a piece of life's shit. a piece of shit. Yeah. When, you, when you look at it, <laughs> life's a laugh and death's That's a joke. It's true. <laughs> That to me was one of those like, ooh, we get to be subversive as like a little kid. It's like their parents don't know. And so that's why I think this movie like sticks its landing better than Grail does. Because yeah. Grail it's Grail really ran out of money. Yeah, <laughs> so. First of all, Grail ran out of money. But Grail also, it's like, oh, they're going to go and get the Grail. They found it. It's in this castle. But then they're arrested by the police because of the guy who got killed in the other interstitial scene. And it's it's this whole bonkers... Messiness. Yeah, messiness. But this movie, it like really thematically ties together really well at the end. Yes. And that song, a classic song, and the scene of people whistling and being happy yeah. as they're being crucified as this... Which is why... Grail is funnier. Grail is the more, like, Monty Python classic movie. This one's, like, a better film as a whole. Or this one, like, really is sent, like, has something to say very clearly. Yes. Right? And Th this like, one's more pointed. This I would one is still more... love, like, uh, Topher Grace yes. edit. To do a re-edit yeah. of this. Yeah. You, know, you can take out the haggling over the beard scene. Oh, yep. you, you can take out like a lot of the, the stuff and like put to, cut together like a, a 30 minute movie out of this that is, is like just the length of one uh, flying circus episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like make one great episode of flying circus out of this movie. But I, I still love this movie. It's a lot of the nostalgia goggles mm -hmm. still, but I think the reason I wanted to talk about it was this is the first time I'd seen it as an adult. So the things that I found great in it were the opposite things of what I found great in it when I was a kid. Mm, so the dick jokes and the... Yeah, the dick jokes and all the stuff that falls flat for me this time, like I didn't quite, didn't resonate with me that much back then. But the stuff that really resonates with me now is all these like really great commentaries about organized religion. Yeah. Um... So I'm going to dig into some of my notes here. Some of my, this is some dubious stuff because it's from IMDb uh, trivia. You, no, no, no. The internet is all fact checked. <laughs> yeah. but, um, you can trust it. It's from the internet. This, this movie internet. was, when it came out, it was denounced by all the That's different. That's the new organizer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this, this is just as, the internet is just as great as, as uh, fact checked and held together as organized religion is. Um, I mean, that's actually kind of like American Gods makes that point as well, <laughs> which is actually pretty awesome. When this film came out, it was like denounced by all denominations of Christianity. And so John... So uniting. It was bringing yeah, people Well, together. exactly. That, that, that's, that's what I'm getting to. It's that John Fleece made a joke to Michael Palin that we've brought them together for the first time in 2,000 years. Um, so when they did the scene where Brian opens the, the shutters and he's naked and everything... Um, the first take, uh, Terry Jones had to pull 
Graham Chapman aside and say, it's pretty obvious that you're not Jewish. <laughs> and so then they had to use a rubber band <laughs> to make him appear circumcised. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel so, like, well, I don't know. I feel like that could have been a part of it, too. Yeah. Even if that was like, <laughs> that like, it's like, oh, yeah, the whole time it's like, I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish. And then he, like, pulls open and he's, like, uncircumcised. It's like, huh. No. <laughs> John Cleese wanted George Lazenby to play Jesus. Who's that? George uh, Lazenby played James Bond in one film. He's an Australian, um, to say actor is kind of going far but he's the guy who like tricked his way into playing james bond in on her majesty's secret service mm-hmm. but then he was an actor and a few other things mm-hmm. but uh john cleese really wanted george lazenby to be jesus but like george lazenby was busy filming some other project i didn't dig in to find out what that was <laughs> um, <laughs> but like the tagline that john john cleese wanted was george lazenby is jesus, jesus. <laughs> <laughs> got it <laughs> And the last thing I'm going to talk about is like the ways or places and times that this movie was banned. So it was banned in Norway for one year. Uh, it was banned in Ireland until 1987. It was bound in the, the town of Turbay, uh, Council of Devon, until 2008. Um, the town of Azrabuthith, some, uh, some <laughs> town in Wales, um, banned this movie until 2009. And it got unbanned because Sue Joan Davies, who plays Judith in this film, was elected mayor. <laughs> and she unbanned the film. Nice, uh, nice. And, and um, one, of the, one of them is Welsh. Uh, uh, one of the Terry Pythons Jones. is Welsh? Terry yeah. Jones is Welsh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the English town of Bermont, this movie was banned until 2015. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But it, it was banned in like several other countries and stuff. It was like. A hugely controversial, yeah, controversial film farce. at the time. You don't like... Oh, see, I thought it was the dick jokes. The determining factor. The biggest dickest was the. Yeah, that was the nail of the coffin. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> oh. I didn't write down this whole note because it was like a whole paragraph of talking about a bunch of different stuff, but there was one like sentence or one uh, statement that i really liked in it which was the narcissism of small differences mm. which was like that is so much like the denominations within christianity and the same thing within the like different judean people's front versus the people's exactly. front versus all the, the resistance, all the resistance groups they're all they all have the exact same beliefs and they are fighting for the same thing but because of these tiny differences they're all against each other that's like the i feel like that's like such a Birdman title <laughs> yeah yeah Life it is Brian of the narcissism of small differences <laughs> oh lovely I love that phrase you got some stats for us uh, I do but before I go into those stats I was going to introduce a new uh, quick segment oh. um, because I've I'm a movie trivia guy and uh, <laughs> Ever since Doug Loves Movies lost the Leonard Malton game, I've stopped listening to Doug Loves Movies because I loved the Leonard Malton game and like playing all these games. But I've been that's brought me back to playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh. Um, and so I was able to do. I was thinking like I'll take the lead from whatever movie it is we're doing, mm-hmm. and I'll try and do Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. So if we're doing Graham Chapman as the lead of this, mm-hmm. I can do it in five. Okay. If we're doing any Python, I can do it in four. Okay. Let's. But, I want to hear both. <laughs> Well, 
you'll hear both through doing it in five because the first move is John Cleese. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's if you're doing Monty Python, he's one of the best ways to go because yeah. he's the only, he's like yeah. the most famous one. Yeah. So Graham Chapman is in Life of Brian with John Cleese, who is in. The World is Not Enough. I always go through a Bond film whenever I can. With <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, uh-huh. who is in Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams, mm-hmm. who is in Goodwill Hunting with Matt Damon, mm-hmm. who is in The Departed with Jack Nicholson, who is in A Few Good Men with Kevin Bacon. Oh, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did Get that. Up. I, I, I didn't use IMDb or anything to do this. I came up with this standing in a muddy construction site like yesterday afternoon Um, but if there's a faster way if you can come up with a a quicker route to that uh let me know on twitter or let us know in the facebook group if you've got a faster way to do that i think you could do john cleese and fish called wanda you could do john klein or uh uh, jamie lee curtis and that would get to kevin bacon pretty quickly you could yeah that would just be john cleese and fish called Wanda. i didn't even think of the fish called Wanda. yep Oh, again because, <laughs> but again because I was like I was thinking like I want to go through a James Bond movie and I can do it with John Cleese. Oh, that's why. That's why. There we go. Well, this movie has an 8.1 on IMDb. It has a 77 Metascore. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 93% Audience Tomatoes. So yeah, I guess I'm like. Ah. That's seven percent. I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just, I'd probably give it like sixty to seventy percent. Like, I think that's fair. Like, yes. I there's like, I, I think I, that's totally fair. There's enough that I like really enjoyed. Like, there's parts of it that I really, really enjoyed. But if it if it so weren't for the nostalgia fun. for is, me, yeah. I, Minus the nostalgia glasses and knowing all the words to all the songs and yeah. all that, then I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if I if I didn't grow up on Monty Python the way that I did, I think I would be right where you are. Yep. Yeah. Same here. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. So that is the life of Brian. And when we come back, we'll have some recommendations for you. And we're back. <laughs> we are back, and we've got some recommendations for your ass. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. We're not just doing the recommendations for your ass. I just want to make that clear. That was a little <laughs> bit of a point recommendations of in general, time. they're not specific yes. to your ass. Yeah, they're not specific to your ass. Recommendations for your biggest dickus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> recommendations for your biggest dickus. Recommendations for your biggest dickus. Incontinentia buttocks. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> in that case, I recommend increasing your fiber intake. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll go first this week because yeah. mine's all Python related. So, okay, if you like this movie, then I have some recommendations. Obviously, the other Python movies, Holy Grail, Meaning of Life. There's one other one. Uh, and now for something completely different. 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 Um, the Flying Circus TV show, um, which has like 40-ish episodes. And out of those 40, I would say there's like five skits which still resonate in pop culture yeah. a lot today. Yeah, the, the, the show is is not as good as a lot of their film stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's it's a lot more uneven. A lot, right? Yeah, a lot more uneven and also a lot more just British. A lot more, yeah. I like the I love the one where they go into uh, to buy an argument for. Yes, yes, right? the guy who wants to have an argument. Yeah, that's yeah. a great sketch. So here, here are five that I would say still show up in like spam, 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 and spam. Right, like you hear people reference that today. Ministry of Silly Walks. You mentioned that earlier, Craig. Um, 
No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. You uh, can just Google any of these phrases with Monty Python and find them. Um, the Lumberjack song, which I talked about earlier, and this parrot is dead. I yeah, the, the dead parrot sketch. But you want to look for earlier versions of the dead parrot sketch because they did it for so long. They did. It, it, when you find them doing the dead parrot sketch like really late in their careers, it's like they're just going through the motions. Going through the motions. Yes, they're not like they're... Do like find the original version of the Dead Parrot sketch. I am totally with yeah. you on that. That's a good recommendation. And that they have a lot of live sessions or live theater stage shows that they did. And my favorite is the one where because Graham um, Chapman had passed away at this point, where they just have a cutout of him on stage sitting with them, which I was like black blasphemous at the time. Where like wait. Your friend is dead, and you have to do this weird. Oh, but they, they did even yes. more blasphemous yep. than that when they did a reunite, and they had brought out like an urn. Yes, it was like supposed to be the ashes of Graham Chapman, and they break the urn. Yes. So they really play with his death in yeah. a fun way, <laughs> which I don't think I've said before. Uh, but back to religious farce, like making fun of your dead friend. <laughs> um, so other Monty Python side projects would be John Cleese and Faulty Towers, Fish Called Wanda, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, with John Cleese and Mike Palin. Um, Terry Gilliam's films that he directed, which are similarly absurd, but tend to be really disturbing rather than funny. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm still scarred by Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. We might have to do Brazil. Oh, Brazil, God, then I'd have to watch movies. Brazil again. <laughs> Adventures of Baron Munchausen, lots of others. And then I would say some of the, like... Um, TV descendants of them would be Kids in the Hall, the Canadian show in the oh, 90s, yeah. which is very much influenced by Monty Python. Um, Reno 911 has a level of the like absurdity and non sequiturs that this show, that they really have, well, not maybe quite so much, but then the um, Eric Andre show, uh, where that takes the cable access TV show and just like spirals it to these illogical endings, <laughs> <laughs> right? The uh, cable access TV show, so. Might want to check. Too. Uh, and then Monty Python Sings, the album. Or they have multiple albums, but that one. But yeah, Monty Python Sings is the same one that I had. Where yep, it's like all one. the songs from, yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Kids in the Hall, uh, Dave Foley was just on uh, Couples Therapy. Oh, this really? last episode. Oh. Some of my favorite podcasts. Oh, yeah. I love Dave Foley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, what do you got for us? Uh, I teased a little bit earlier. There's a great episode of The Canon. Um where film critic Amy Nicholson and writer, producer, actor Graham Skipper uh, do Life of Brian versus Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, Where it's like, well, one of these gets into the canon and one doesn't, so you they argue the merits of both of them. They kind of deconstruct both films. Uh, it's really interesting and really fun. So who, are we allowed to know who wins out? Well, I haven't listened to the next episode because the way that that podcast works, if they do a versus episode, or it's the, the way that the podcast works is they're saying what films deserve to be in the canon of great films to live on forever but it's voted on by the audience okay. so they will talk about the film and then they turn it over to the audience to vote on whether this movie makes it into the canon when they do it a versus episode it's like which one of these two mm. makes it in and i didn't listen to whatever episode came out after to figure out which one of the two um the way they came down on it was that amy voted for life of brian to get in and the other guy voted for holy grail to get and in how would you vote now i would, I would vote for holy grail Craig. Um, I don't remember enough Holy Grail. I would remember Holy Grail. Like for the same reasons like that, it, that I said before. Well, while I think uh, Brian is a better structured film altogether, Holy Grail is the definitive Monty Python thing. Experience. Yeah, yeah. The, the Monty Python thing. Yeah, is I would go with that. So. I would go Grail also. Um, but I also, if we're going along the lines of recommending like sketch comedy things, 
If you haven't watched Key and Peele, oh, yeah. you've got to watch Key and Peele. I think it's the best sketch comedy that has happened. Like Key and Peele and Chappelle's show, I, I think, are up with the best of Saturday Night Live and you know of what sketch comedy is. I think Key and Peele is kind of the smartest. So check out Key and Peele. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, what have you got for us? Yeah, week? recommending, uh, let's see, absurd British uh, criticism on religion. Uh, Chewing Gum is a good show. Yeah. Uh, it's Michaela Cole. Yep. Um, and she's like essentially discovering herself, like, and like her sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, having come from a very like conservative and like sheltered religious background and upbringing. Uh, and so it's like hilarious because she's like extremely awkward and like uh, very British and uh, yeah, it's really a great show. I like that. Uh, so kind of going against those lines, I would say that um, as far as something that rewrites history, uh, we've got Cosmic Ghost Rider rewrites the Marvel Universe. Written by and, Paul Shear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's, I think there's two issues of that out right now. I've read the first one. I haven't gotten to the second one yet. Um, but yeah, that one's a pretty fun one where um, Cosmic Ghost Rider, who's like uh, Frank Castle, also known as Punisher, uh, has after a series of events that happened in the Marvel comics that I'm not super familiar with, but they explained it at the first issue as far as a little rundown of him going from being the Punisher to uh, the Ghost Rider, and he is now, like, going back through time and, like, all of these different events within the Marvel Universe, like, history, like, the creation of the Fantastic Four, like, it's, like, his cosmic energy is what, like, they like ran into and like became, and that's how they became the Fantastic Four and like before they were like the Fantastic Five because he was with them and, you know so it's, it's pretty funny uh, and yeah it's uh, yeah so yeah rewriting history we got yeah the British the awkward the religious satire yep. bam there you go recommendations covered <laughs> consider yourself recommended yeah all right, so yeah, that was our episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please feel free uh, to follow us on the social medias. We are on Twitter at IWYTWT. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IWYTWT. Please rate and review us on all of your podcatching places where that is an option. Follow, subscribe, do all of the things, and... Show us that you care. Um, yeah, that's just a little impromptu song for you guys. All right, so you can find both Colin and I individually online. Where are you at, Colin? I am at Colin Money. And I am at Catharticus. Thank you once again, and goodbye.